Yo! What is good? Sixer Nation. Welcome on in to another edition of Philly Take with RB. Couple weeks until the trade deadline. Will the Sixers make a move? Will they make a splash? Will they get some more role players? What will Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers decide to do? A lot of options, a lot of flexibility, and news dropping already in the NBA today that could change everything. Appreciate everybody tapping in. You know the drill. Hit the like button, subscribe to the show. We'll have you covered all the way up and through the NBA trade deadline. And we're going to do more shows like this, talking about what this team could potentially do over the next 15 days as they get ready for the trade deadline. Welcome on in, Sixer Nation. Appreciate you being here. Philly Take with RB. We're back with the live shows, man. It's been a minute. Since we just hopped on here and chopped it up, we're live every game. We're always covering the games. We're dropping videos, and I appreciate everybody tapping in. But it's time to hop on the live show again, and we're going to take some calls later on. So if you want to chime into the conversation, phone numbers on the screen, or join the Philly Take Discord. We're going to go to the Discord first and get some callers in through there. We're going to try that, see how it works out. And if it doesn't work out well, we will go to the phone lines. But appreciate everybody being in the chat. How are we feeling, ladies and gentlemen? How are we feeling, ladies and gentlemen? Appreciate you guys being here. Last night was absolutely insane. Sixers were out there dominating the Spurs. And you had Joel Embiid go for 70 points. I was in attendance watching absolute history. It was insane, man. It was insane. I've never seen anything like it. Dropped the video on it last night late. Dropped the video today. We do not stop pumping the content, man. News is on a carousel right now. Just It's been up and down, up and down, every which way you can think of. And it has been absolutely insane, man. So shout out to everyone in here. Shout out to our channel members. See my guy, Jordan E. Member for one month says, we appreciate everything you do. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. We'll get to the phones later on. I know people have been asking to to call in and chime in. They want to give me their thoughts on what the Sixers need to do. So we will talk about all of it. Need you guys to get the likes up on the stream. That helps us push the content out to other viewers. And it helps us surface the airwaves here on YouTube. So yeah, man. Um, first and foremost, again, last night was just absolutely insane as Joel Embiid was out there just going to town on San Antonio. They couldn't stop him. Everybody in the building is up on their feet cheering. Nick Nurse knows how to read the room. He leaves Joel Embiid in. Then he brings him back in to get the 70. Even though Daniel House was trying to hug the ball, wouldn't give it up. It was insane. But, uh, man, what a night. What a 24 hours period is it has been. Because today, as I'm sitting there relaxing, chilling, looking for some news, guess what? It hits me right in the face. Hits me right in the face. 
Doc Rivers could be back coaching? Are you serious? If you guys have not been on social media today, and maybe you've been out there just working or, you know, still taking in that 70-point game last night, Doc Rivers is about to become the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. All right, and it gets crazier, too. Not only did the Bucks fire their coach, who was 30-13 and 13 to begin his first season as a head coach, not only did they make a bold move and, you know, people are saying, yeah, the Bucks were 30 and 13, but they could have been playing a lot better and their stars were unhappy and guys, you know, just weren't really connected and locked in. Okay, fine. But think about how this whole thing works out, right? Nick Nurse decides not to go to Milwaukee and Nick Nurse comes to Philadelphia. Apparently he turned down offers, took less money to come to Philly. Bucks were locked in on Adrian Griffin. They hired him first. Okay, cool. So they get Adrian Griffin. He doesn't make it half of a season. And now they're going to get Doc Rivers. So think about this whole thing. I am envisioning, ladies and gentlemen, a second round matchup of the Sixers and Milwaukee Bucks. I'm thinking about the two-seeded Bucks or two-seeded Sixers up against the third-seeded Milwaukee Bucks. And they're out there, Nick Nurse versus Doc Rivers to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, do you, do you understand how poetic that would be in a crazy decade as it has been for the 76ers? Imagine if they go up against Doc Rivers in the second round. That would be insane. And it gets even crazier, man. It says this story is even more insane. And sources say. All right, looks like we lost connection for a second, but we're good. We're good. You guys can hear me. We're good. Looks like we lost connection for like half a second. But league sources say that Doc Rivers, who signed as an ESPN analyst after getting fired by Philadelphia in May, began to serve as an informal consultant to Adrian Griffin and the Milwaukee Bucks at the behest of the Bucks. One month later, multiple sources briefed on the matter now indicate that Doc Rivers is the serious leader for the now vacant position and the preferred choice of the key stakeholders. So they are all in. They are locked in on Doc Rivers. Do you know how crazy this is? They're going to put Doc Rivers with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard. They think that is the solution. They want a experienced professional head coach. That is crazy. And then you get this report here from Steinline. Marcus Stein, Mark Stein, he says Giannis reportedly did not want Nick Nurse. League sources say that the desire to play for Adrian Griffin is better described as a determination to play for somebody other than Nick Nurse. Nurse was among the candidates that the Bucks had high on their list after a five-game drubbing by the number eight Miami Heat in the first round of last season's playoffs. And sources say that Giannis wanted the Bucks to go in a different direction and chose to champion Griffin. And now he is gone. Oh, I love it. I love it. How do we feel about the Milwaukee Bucks, man? I, I just, I don't see them making a coaching change like this midseason, and it's just all going to be pretty and work out. I just don't see it happening, especially Doc Rivers. He's going to make that offense so centric around Giannis. He's, he's going to make it one-dimensional, and he's going to turn Damian Lillard into a playmaker. Watch. Watch. Nah, that's crazy. That's crazy. They should have never got rid of Bud. Should have never gotten rid of him. But anyway, with that being said, 
My message to Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers. And again, I I would love to hear from people. So we're going to get some calls in a little bit. I'll show you guys how to join the Discord if you have not yet and you want to chime in. But the Philadelphia 76ers need to go all in. And I'll tell you why they need to go all in. This is the opportunity. You have this whole Buck situation going on now. Obviously, Boston is a tank in the East, but the Sixers took Boston to six games last year. They showed that they could compete against the Boston Celtics, and that was with Doc Rivers. That was with James Harden and Joel Embiid being banged up. So they are right there. And now when you look at the current version of the 76ers, they glue, they come together, they, they mesh well, they have chemistry, and we're not even halfway into the season, or at least we're not even to the all-star break, and the Sixers are playing really good together. Like, I'm out there last night watching not only Joel Embiid, but how about Nico Batum? Guy gets every offensive rebound, he taps it back out to the perimeter, he always makes the right pass, he makes an extra pass, he always is on point. He always is on point. Nico Batum is a perfect glue piece around these guys. Kelly Oubre just does all the little things, and he's got the swagger. These are the types of pieces that they needed to put around Joel Embiid for the last 10 years. They finally put them around Joel Embiid, and really, I think they're close. And if I'm Daryl Morey, the Sixers need to go out and do everything possible to make this team a championship contender ASAP, immediately. Whatever it takes, this is the year. Go out there and do what it takes in the next two weeks to make this team a contender. Now, there's factors that goes into it, right? Everybody's got to be healthy. Guys got to stay in rhythm. Maxie's going to have to be consistent as that second guy in the playoffs. I'm still a little bit worried. I'm still a little bit worried because, you know, obviously Tobias Harris has played good in stretches. But when the playoffs come, and we know Joel Embiid is going to see doubles and triples in the playoffs against better defenses, right? When those doubles and triples start to come, can Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris take over and step up and give the production that the Sixers will need? That is my only question, because I know the glue guys are going to show up. Maybe the Sixers need a a lockdown defender or a guy off the bench, but it's going to come down to whether Maxey and Tobias can be those guys. Can they? Can they be those guys? That's a big if. Sixers are going to need it, right? Because regular season success is nice. It's lovely seeing Joel and Beat out there rocking a 70 burger. But in the playoffs, it's going to tighten up. Things are going to slow down. Can they make it happen? Now, I want to talk about some trade news that actually happened today because we got another big trade. Teams are making moves. Sixers need to wake up and do something ASAP. Daryl Morey, you got to make something happen. But my question to the people out there is, what needs to happen? Do the Sixers need to get a third star or do they need to get role players? Third star, maybe another big contract, or do they just need to add in the margins around what they already have? Do you believe Tobias Harris can be that third option in a playoff series? Do the Sixers have a solid, say, seven-man rotation in the playoffs? Because you know Nurse is going to cut it down, and he's going to look for the big guys, the guys who will produce in a limited amount of time and are not going to flake out. Do the Sixers have a solid seven or eight to go into the playoffs? 
And that's really where the strategy comes in. What do you think? What do you think? Give me your thoughts in the chat. Once again, appreciate everybody being in here. If you guys have not yet, drop a like on this stream. Help us push it around. I'm going to show you how to join the Discord. So right now we have the Philly Take Discord. And the link to join is down in the description. If you're not already a member of the Discord, we're going to take calls through here. And if not, if it doesn't work, we'll go to the phone lines. But uh, yeah, join the Discord. The link's down in the description. We're going to use this for a lot of different avenues. We already have a ton of people in here talking in the group chats and the different servers. But join the Discord and come down to the voice channels and hop in this waiting room right here. You'll see a waiting room. And once you're in there, we can get you into the live caller room and we'll get some people on here. But yeah, man, we got a ton of servers where you can just talk in here and it's easy to navigate once you get the hang of it. And the calls will be much crisper and we'll have much more control on how the audio sounds and it should sound better. So uh, join the Discord and, and hop in the voice chat if you want to give us some thoughts here on the show. But I want to talk about what happened today, man, because. We got another trade. We have another trade. The Charlotte Hornets trade Terry Rozier to the Miami Heat in exchange for a 2027 first round pick and Kyle Lowry. What do you think about this trade, man? I think it's a good trade for Miami, a team that has definitely lacked, you know, some depth at the guard position. They lost a couple guys when it comes to Vincent and Struess. And Obviously, they wanted Dame. They did not get him. So they ended up really just staying pat. And, and we knew they were going to end up making a move. But, you know, Kyle Lowry and a, and a first-round pick. Essentially, they got a first-round pick in exchange for Terry Rozier. Now, I don't know if there are any restrictions on this pick. I did not see, you know, what the implications were and, and how it works, if there's any protections. But Terry Rozier is going to help Miami. Pascal Siakam is going to help Indiana, and OG Ananobi is going to help the Knicks when it matters most. Who are the Sixers going to get? Who are they going to get? What are they going to do? Because they need to determine what their strategy is going to be. They need to determine what the strategy is going to be. Honestly. In addition to this, Adrian Wojnarowski says that the Hornets are not done dealing and they plan to continue accumulating future draft assets ahead of the February 8th trade deadline. As we expected, the Hornets are in full tank mode yet again. They have some other pieces, I'll be honest. We look at Gordon Hayward. A lot of people are talking about Miles Bridges. I do not want Miles Bridges anywhere near the 76ers, but Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, right? A couple of these other big men they have. They have some guys that could sell off. We've been waiting for Terry Rozier to get traded for three years now. He got his money. And in addition to that, let's think about it on the other side. Let's think about it on the other side of the spectrum. The 76ers could potentially target Kyle Lowry. A lot of people have now transitioned to, well, the Sixers could get Kyle Lowry on a buyout. And here's why this comes in handy. Because under the new CBA rules, as it says here, Contenders like Phoenix, Milwaukee, Boston, and Denver cannot acquire Kyle Lowry through the buyout market because of one of the violations of the new CBA on the first apron, a.k.a. his salary 
exceeds the mid-level exception of $12.2 million. Therefore, since these teams, like Milwaukee, Boston, Denver, are above the first apron, they are not allowed to sign Kyle Lowry as a buyout. That means you're taking away a chunk of contenders that could go out and get them. And honestly, that kind of positions the Sixers to be near the top of the list. Team that may need some backup ball handling, some backup guards, right? Who knows what's going to happen with Pat Bev? He's been playing really well, but, you know, Kyle Lowry has been there, done that, right? He's been to the moment several times now, and he knows Nick Nurse, right? They have that great relationship. He knows Daryl Morey. So there are just way too many connections to ignore. And Kyle Lowry could end up becoming a Philadelphia 76er. I do think that it is very, very possible. But what do you guys think? Should the Sixers even entertain the idea of Kyle Lowry? I'll tell you what. They better not just sit there and only get Kyle Lowry. Like, they better not do that. You have to be serious. You have to go out there and acquire somebody. You got to acquire somebody, man. That's how I feel about it. Now, would Kyle Lowry be a nice little pickup, you know, for nothing? Sure, sure. I'd play Kyle Lowry over Furkan Korkmaz or, or guys like that, but that can't be your only move. That can't be your only move. Kyle Lowry's getting up there. I don't know how old he is. What is he, like 36 now, 37, 38? He's getting up there. I don't know how much he has left, but his teams always do seem to go far in the playoffs for some reason. They seem to always go far. But let me know your guys' thoughts, man. Should the Sixers even go for a star? Should they still be interested in a Zach Levine whose trade value doesn't really seem to be there? What about the Mar DeRozan? You guys know my dream trade target, as seen on the thumbnail. Laurie Marketing, I think, would be huge for the 76ers. I don't think it's realistic that they get them because they're going to have to give up a ton of assets and. We don't know what the Utah Jazz are going to do. Everything seems to be indicating that they're going to try to re-sign Marketing if he was to become available. And Danny Ainge is a GM where if you entice him, he's going to listen, man. He's going to pick up the phone at least for a few seconds. Laurie Marketing and, say, Jordan Clarkson, that makes the Sixers championship contenders today. That makes them championship contenders today. Like, he's, they're that good. He's that good. So, yeah, man, uh, we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out. I'm excited to see what the Sixers do, but we'll talk about more targets as we go on here. We'll talk about some updates. But once again, guys, call into the show. I'm going to read some comments out. Uh, call into the show. Use the Discord. Join the Philly Take Discord and uh, come into the waiting room. I'll show you guys how to do it again for the people that may just be hopping in here. Get this stream up to 100 likes, man. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, join the Discord. And if you want to call in, hop into the waiting room here on the Discord, and then we'll slide you in and get you jumped up to the front of the line. We do have some callers waiting on the phone line, so we'll get to that in just a second. But let me read some of the comments in the chat. Let's get some people involved here in the conversation. Because again, I want to do these shows every single week. I mean, obviously, we only have a couple weeks left, but I want to do these talk shows, um, you know, leading up to the trade deadline. We're going to do a trade deadline stream like we do every year on the day of the deadline where we're probably going to be live for like three hours 
just reacting to the trades and all the madness. I can't wait for that. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have thoughts on what the team should do or what direction they should be going in, give me your thoughts and we will chop it up. Let's see. We got uh Merxy in the chat. Merxy says I'm 50 50 right now. I think we can do big things in the off season. Well, here's my opinion on the off season. I'm, I'm starting to get more and more away from the idea of let's wait and have all this cap space, right? The Sixers can clear every contract except for Embiid and Maxi and B-Ball Paul and Jaden Springer. I got to be honest with you guys, man. I don't care about the offseason anymore. I know Daryl Morey's trying to take this hybrid approach where he's looking at the current team. He's looking at the you know potential opportunities to win now. And then he's also looking at the future flexibility and all this stuff. But I'm going to pull up the quotes here from Daryl Morey a couple of days ago. I'm going to talk about this more in a separate video, but Daryl Morey knows what needs to be done, man. He knows what needs to be done. It is time for the Sixers to go out and win now. You have a guy who's playing one of the most efficient seasons of all time. He just dropped a 70 bomb last night. You have Tyrese Maxey, who's an elevating star. You have the Milwaukee Bucks. If you're just tuning in, you missed it. Getting ready to hire Doc Rivers. They are in process of finalizing a contract. And you have all these guys out there, man. Sixers need to make something happen. Sixers need to make something happen. I think they need to go all in at the trade deadline. And whatever definition of all in that is, they need to do it. That's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. So we'll wait to see if uh, anybody's on the Discord, but we're going to go to the phones. Call into the show, 508-924-3784, or join the Discord and skip the line. Come into the Discord, go into the waiting room, and we'll get some calls in. I definitely want to test it out on there, so uh, definitely hop in there and we'll, we'll test it out. But Mon says, Embiid is elite, but he's easier to stop in the playoffs because you can double him unlike a guard. That's why I mean that the Sixers need these guys to step up. They need Maxi, and I don't know if Tobias can be trusted in a playoff series against the Boston Celtics. So there are other needs, but I think figuring that dilemma out, do they have enough from their top three? Do they have enough from the top three is what they'll need to figure out. So we'll get some thoughts in here, and, and then we'll continue to talk about some targets, and we'll talk about what Daryl Morey had to say. But uh, let's go ahead and go to the phones. Uh, 916 on the line. 916, what's good? What up, RB? How you doing, big bro? Yo, what's up, man? What's your name? Where are you calling in from? What's up, bro? I'm calling from uh, New Orleans, man. This is what you man. I didn't hear your name, but New Orleans, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man, cool, bro. Oh, I'm going to start by saying this, Because, like you said, it's a lot of teams that made some moves. So, basically, what we need to do, we need to cut that team. Because I'm pretty sure this jazz is not going to get rid of all our marketing. No time. So, I'm pretty sure they're not. And if they do, like you said, they're probably going to charge. They're probably going to charge a real hill. They're probably going to throw four or five picks. So, we need to look at it. Or just go ahead and look at um, maybe, just maybe. Oh, Malcolm Brogdon, maybe Jeremy Grant, because Jeremy Grant is everything we want to buy. Everything, everything, put you already. You probably need to even look at those two teams right here. 
I'm having a little trouble hearing you, but I, I think I heard you say Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I think that would be another great piece. And yeah, for marketing, they're going to charge a king's ransom. So most likely he's not going to get moved unless some team wants to overpay, especially after the Jazz kind of broke the trade market when it came to Rudy Gobert. But <laughs> I mean, it's just it's going to be tough with Danny Ainge. If there's a way to do it, I think you go all in and do it. But, it you know, they're talking about potential contract extension. So, um, yeah, it's going to be rough, man. Yeah, I, 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 I really think Malcolm Brown and Jeremy Grant, that's probably going to be our best bet, or maybe Alex Burke or, you know, Alex Burke, maybe a combination of um, Bogdanovich and maybe somebody else, if Daryl Morris is willing to move to buy his For some reason, he don't want to trade this dude, for some reason. And I'm afraid he just might bring it back, honestly. Yeah. No, I honestly think so, too. Um, call back in and try to like get your connection fixed a little bit and we'll get you back on. Um, I was having trouble hearing that guy, but shout out to him for the call. And he did make a good point at the end there that I kind of heard. He said that Daryl Morey doesn't want to trade Tobias Harris. And I would kind of attest to that as well. Like Daryl Morey goes out and publicly defends Tobias Harris. He even puts crumble cookie pictures on his Instagram story. If the Sixers continue to win the way that they are, and they continue to be a top three seed here, I feel like the Sixers are not going to move Tobias Harris. They're going to try to add a few small minor pieces and keep the core together. Unless you can go out and get maybe two solid role players that could fit the contract of Tobias Harris. Like if the Sixers are going out and they can get two $15 million players that can shoot and defend, I think it's a no-brainer. Does Daryl Morey think that's a no-brainer? I don't know. Tobias Harris is playing good recently. He has these stretches where he starts the season, he's playing really well. Then he goes under the cellar and he just, you know, he's not interested. But the frustrating part is that we see that it's there. We see it's there. But he's got to do it, man, consistently. He's got to do it consistently. So it's frustrating, man. It definitely is frustrating. And. If the Sixers don't believe that Tobias can keep this up come playoff time, right? Because, you know, Joel Embiid sits at the beginning of a fourth quarter and, and Tobias is out there dealing and he's out there being aggressive and, and balling out and, and going to get some easy buckets for this team and keeping that lead up. You know, that's what the Sixers really need. They don't need you to be an alpha, Toby. They need you to do all the little things for this team. You got to defend. You have to rebound. And I just don't know if he does it well enough in the margins to be able to sustain. And that's the frustrating part, man. That's the frustrating part. So we got a a couple people that just slid into the Discord, man. Join up on the waiting room if you want to chop it in. Chop it up with me. I was trying to hear that last guy. It was just a little bit tough. But I want to pull up one of these quotes from uh, Daryl Morey as well. I want to pull up one of these quotes. Because he said a lot at the gala the other night. He says, quote, I think we're one of the very few championship contenders. If you think we are a championship contender, you need to do everything possible to go out there and get it done. To go out there and get it done. That's what you need to do, Daryl Morey. He says, uh, I think you have to say Boston is the favorite right now to come out of the East. It is a team we focus a lot on. I do think Milwaukee is right there with us. 
I think we've got a sense of guys who have played enough minutes. Coach Nurse, we've seen players play within his system and structure. We had a five-hour meeting focusing on the trade deadline. Nico Batum and Marcus Morris both are giving us more than we probably thought going in. Nick has been maybe the best pairing with Joel Embiid for that kind of a player since Joel has been here. I know Joel maybe feels that way. So look, man, it feels like Daryl Morey, and again, remember, this guy has not won a championship, right? He has not won a championship. He is hungry. He wants to get it done, and he doesn't want to wait. He doesn't want to wait. He wants to go out there and make things happen now, and that's why I feel like he's going to be motivated to do what it takes to get it done. I feel like he's got to do something to get this done, man. I don't know if the Sixers are ready to win today. But let me tell you something, man. They make a couple moves. They're right there. This is the year you got to go all in. You got to swing for the fences, man. Enough of this future cap space. Who cares if they're going to win in five years when they have one of the best players of all time sitting right at their fingertips? Come on, man. Lastly, Daryl Morey says, I'd give the same message to fans that I gave before the season, before the trade. Evaluate us at the right time, which is the playoffs and how the team looks going into there. So, again, man, Daryl Morey said this in the summer. He said, don't evaluate us till the season begins, right? Why are you talking about us in July? And then he said, okay, don't talk about us until the trade deadline. And he says, don't talk about us to the end of the season. Fair. Got to be firing on all cylinders heading into the playoffs, but you better make this team ready to go because last year we were promised the world. We were promised that something was going to happen and Daryl was on these radio interviews and he went out and traded for Jalen McDaniels and they tried to duck the tax. And that is actually an important element that we'll get into in a little bit, but we don't care about ducking the tax, Daryl. We want to win. I know the owners may be giving you pressure on your shoulders, but look, You do what it takes to win, man. Last year, they got Jalen McDaniels, who they didn't even end up re-signing. They got rid of Matisse Thibel, and they ducked the luxury tax, and that was it. And they still almost went to the conference finals. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Let's see. All right, looks like we uh, looks like we got some people on the Discord now, and we got some people calling into the phone line, so uh, we will hit the Discord first. Again, guys, join the Discord. I want to get more people involved in Discord because we're going to do special giveaways in there. We're going to do extra things as well just to kind of get the community sense going. Discord has been growing mightily, so uh, definitely tap into there. But, yeah, man, uh, John Castiglione in the chat, he says, you don't have a five-hour meeting and do nothing. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, John. You know, all this like ear, ear candy, ear magic, right? All that is great, but the Sixers need to see results because a lot of these other Eastern Conference teams are already doing something and the Sixers need to keep up. We're going to talk about the luxury tax and a couple other targets, but I want to go hit the Discord because we got some people in there. All right, let's see if we can do this right and um, see if we got this going or not. Let's see. All right, so we're in the Discord. Um, bring whoever in if if they're in here. But uh, let's see. Gracie says Bruce Brown over Melton. Melton is not a starter. That's another thing. 
that's another thing to be honest. Like, are you going to keep the Anthony Melton in the starting lineup, or, or how's that going to work? How's that going to work? That's my other question, to be honest. Let's see. All right, let's see if we can get, uh, I don't know why this isn't working. Um, Kane says Tobias and Morris are almost making 60 million. That's enough to upgrade and reshape the roster for a long playoff run. Yeah. I mean, it depends how they feel, you know, it depends if they're really locked in or not on moving Tobias Harris, or if they think they have the core together and they can win just by adding a couple ancillary pieces. Kane says, or, uh, yeah, Kane says Morris makes almost $18 million. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good contract that you can move in a trade. Let's go back to the phone lines, man. We'll get the uh, the other one worked out. Let's go to uh, the 484. Go to 484. Who do we have on the phone line, man? What's up? Yo, what's going on, RB? It's Anthony. Anthony, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. I actually, the last time I called, I called right after the Rudy Gobert trade happened. And it was like five first-round picks. I remember we were chopping it up about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that trade definitely yeah, broke but, uh, the market, to be honest. Yeah, that, that, that trade, honestly, that's kind of why I was calling. The, the trade broke the trade market, right? And I feel like we're at a time in the NBA where you're, you're getting players. You know, you got Dorian Finney-Smith asking for – they're asking for two first-round picks, right? And – People don't really understand the weight of that, right? And we have a guy like Tobias Harris, and everyone's going to say we need to trade him, but he's on the last year of an expiring deal, and what better can we get by trading him this season? That's something that I, I, I fail to see. Well, I think if the right player is out there, you would hope to get more defense and rebounding. I think you need two-way players to win in the playoffs. I think you need guys who are going to show up consistently. I'm not saying that Tobias will or will not do that, but I do agree if the right trade is not there, which Daryl Morey has always said, he's not going to make any trade. But if you can upgrade and you can get more role players, because really, at the end of the day, you want Joel and B, Tyrese Maxey, and a bunch of guys that fit well together going into this thing. So, um, you know, can Tobias Harris play a solid role in a playoff series? That's my question, you know, to the people. Like, can he finally show up and get it done? Yeah, that's something that we've never seen, and I'm not going to argue against that at all. I'm just saying when you look at teams like the last couple years, I mean, you got that superstar, you have the Jokic, um, you have that Curry, and you look around, they just have teams that fit them, right? Yep. So if it's the right trade opens up and you can find a third partner, deal Tobias Harris to take on another contract, I, I mean, I'm completely cool with it. But the trade to buy Harris for nothing, it, it just doesn't make sense at this point in the Sixer cycle, in oh, yeah. my opinion. I agree with that. I, I think at the end of the day, you want to do whatever it takes to make this team a championship contender, and getting rid of Tobias to dump him makes no sense at all. At that point, you're going to let him walk after the season. Why not go out and try to at least get some compensation and make this team better? Like, Tobias Harris has showed he can be a guy, but the question is, will he wake up, you know, come the middle of May? It's great to do it now in January, but the Sixers are going to need it. You're being looked at as one of the guys. You're making $40 million to be one of those guys, and we get it. You're not the star of the team, but you have to give us more than 12 points you know, in a playoff game. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, honestly, his comparison to me is like Chris Middleton, right? Where he, they kind of do a bit of the same thing, and he just disappears sometimes too. I, I think if we're able to build, I, I don't, I don't think getting another star is the right point in the cycle because you might get someone in free agency, and I know it's a longer approach, and of course, I want him to get his run while he's in the peak of his career. I mean, w- what better can you do than 70 points in a game? But that's to be seen. But I feel like, you know, I, I really do like some of the options that are out there right now. I mean, Jordan Clarkson would be a great facilitator off the bench as, as well as a shooter. And, you know, we got, this is going to sound a bit weird, but we got like Nico Batum, right? And kind of that Batum build is what I'm looking for, right? And it sucks because I hate Miles Bridges and I would never want him to wear a Sixers jersey, but he's like the prototype perfect fit for the Sixers, in my opinion. So, I mean, if you could find anyone who remotely plays like him, that that would be who I want. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Bridges, and I just personally would not bring him around just for the off-the-court stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the players they need, man. They need the guys that can do the little things, that can knock down shots. And I agree, like, you know, Batum and Ubre, the reason they're so good for this team is just because they don't try to overstep the boundary. They don't try to overdo their role. They just fit in seamlessly, and you have to realize, you know, the hierarchy on this team. You got to realize what you need to do. For example, when I look at a team like the Nuggets last year, Aaron Gordon knew his role. Like, he just went out there and was a dog on the glass, and he helped the defensive uh, deficiencies of guys like Nikola Jokic. Not that Jokic was terrible, but Aaron Gordon filled all the gaps. That's what the Sixers need from Tobias Harris. 100%. I mean, the scariest teams are the ones where players know their role, right? So, like, even looking at, like, I know Sixers talk, like, even looking at the Flyers right now, they all know their roles, right? They're playing well. If you can get some guy that knows their role, come in, bring that energy, hit a three, play some defense, I mean, that's all we're looking for, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. But, hey, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Have a great rest of your Thank night. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Roddy says, Miles Bridges can't shoot, get Butler. Uh, Sixers need another bucket getter. Yeah, I didn't know if he was talking about Michael or Miles, but if it comes to Miles Bridges, because we were just talking about the Hornets, um, you know, I, I would not bring Miles Bridges anywhere near the team. I just don't think Michael Bridges will get traded. I don't think the Nets are going to blow it up again, even though they probably should. Um, but yeah, man, it'll be interesting. Roddy says, if he's talking about Michael, I'm not gonna up. Not gonna give up five first rounders. Yeah, you, you just it's not gonna happen with Brooklyn. I don't think they'd even trade with the Sixers again. Um, but yeah, man, the Sixers just need good wing depth. And I actually want to look at like how many years does Bridges even have on his contract? Look him up. By the way, guys, could you hear me good when the when the people were on the phone? Did the volume dip at all? I'm trying to work out some of the levels here as well behind the scenes. Let me know how the audio sounded, like, with the calls. Yeah, Michael Bridges has two more years left on the deal, and he's probably being underpaid as well. So Bridges is probably going to want an extension. Uh, Let's see. Chin says, OG's probably going to re-sign at the max. Siakam going to re-sign. Kawhi already re-signed. Paul George going to re-sign. LeBron not leaving LA. Yeah, exactly. So there's not going to be a lot of options available anyway. Not going to be available anyway. 
Anthony says Miles Bridges shooting 42% from three this season. Surprisingly, Secret says Michael Bridges won't be traded. Yeah, I don't even listen to the Michael Bridges talk. I, I just want to look up his contract, but the Nets are not going to do business with the 76ers again. No way. Lexi says dipped a little, but heard the call fine. Yeah. You know, I'm still trying to get back and uh and work on the levels here. It's tough when you got a bunch of things running, but um see if I can get it worked out. I need a producer at this point, man. Steve, let's go back to the uh, Discord, see what we got going on. Let's see. Appreciate you guys hanging in here with me, man. But uh, there's actually some other targets I want to get into as well. And there's some other things we need to keep in mind as Sixer fans as we head to the deadline. Things that will be very important. Let me just see if I can get my uh, thing up a little bit. Kind of messing me up right now. Let's see. Um, Roddy says, I mean, if they want to trade Cam Johnson, that is another thing. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to trade any of them, to be honest. They'll probably trade Dorian Finney-Smith. They want two first-round picks. For DFS, come on, man. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So we'll see, man. Um, Cyber says Nets are not going to tank when they do not have their first round pick. Yeah, exactly. Nets are Nets are going to just be the Nets. That's what they are. They're the Brooklyn Nets. They don't do anything. The Nets don't do anything. They just stay afloat. And they get superstars, and then they trade for other ones, and then they have Ben Simmons, who doesn't even play anymore. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, let me know if you guys can hear me well in the chat. Can you guys hear me still good? Trying to, like, produce this thing behind the scenes here. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since we have done a show like this, so we're trying to get it all straightened out. And we're going to be doing more shows as well leading up to the trade deadline. I want to have some guests on. and. We already got some things lined up. Audio is good. All right, appreciate it. So one of the callers talked about uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and this was something that I put out the other day. Shout out to Brett Siegel, and he put out an article, which we'll go through. It says that the Sixers are among teams who have talked with the Blazers regarding Malcolm Brogdon. And I said that the Sixers should do 100% whatever it takes to get Brogdon on this team. What do you guys think about Malcolm Brogdon? Because honestly, I think he checks every box. When you look at what the Sixers need, they need scoring. They need playmaking off the bench. They need a bucket getter. If he stays healthy, I think it makes perfect sense. Now there's going to be teams interested. And we'll go over to the article and talk about what we need to see. Hold on, we got somebody in the Discord. I actually want to try this and see. Uh, I want to see if we can hear the caller on Discord. So we'll we'll test it out. We'll go with the guinea pig here. See if this actually works or not. All right. We are in the voice channel. Go ahead and uh, unmute your mic. Rich. Rich, what's good? What's good, RB? Yes. Yes. Can you guys hear this? Finally got it to work. What's up, Rich? How you doing, man? And I'm doing good. I've been uh, talking to my brothers um, yesterday about uh, 
the Philly bias that be going on about Will Chamberlain being the greatest player and everything. <laughs> but uh, that's it. So what do you what do you think after last night is Will the best? Is Joel the best? Is somebody else the best? What do you think? What you mean of all time? Will is the best. Will got all the records. I mean, he got two championship rings. Goes on. I mean, do I really got to go through the? Uh, I got to go through his stats. So you're saying Wilt's the best sixer of all time, or the best in general, like center of all time? The best. He might be the greatest athlete that ever played sports. Okay. I mean, I respect He's the six, take. Six, I, seven, yeah, I, seven one with a fifty inch vertical. And he run a four or five. You tell me. No, I, I agree. I think people put Wilt way too low when it comes to these all-time lists. But I also take into consideration the context that he's going up against, you know, guys that are a foot smaller than him, right? And they weren't as athletic back then. They weren't as mobile. They didn't do as many things. I know it's hard to compare the eras, but when you look at Joel Embiid and what he has done to adapt in this era, in the current day when you have really a guard-driven league, I just think it's special, man. No, that's that's for sure. I I totally agree. I'm not I'm not gonna um go into that particular run because it's very difficult to take someone from one point in time and then bring them up to this point in time. The one thing that people overlook about Wilt is the fact that Wilt Chamberlain played one year every minute of every game except eight minutes of the game he was thrown out of. He don't fall out. He plays all all through the game, and he has 40 rebounds. Like, the, the things that it doesn't matter who you're playing against, having 40 rebounds against Bill Russell, you know what I mean? And scoring all these ridiculous amounts of numbers and being able to play without being getting fouled out. It's amazing. His feats are astronomically better than everybody else's. That's why Joel Embiid, when he got to 70, he was like, uh, will Chamberlain do this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to you know, argue against the stats. I mean, the numbers are just absolutely ridiculous when it comes to Wilt. It's, it's a tough conversation, man. But I think both guys are just respectively great in their eras, and they both kind of transitioned the game. They both kind of evolved the nature of the position. So, uh, yeah, man, they've they both been really special. I totally agree. I think um, Joel Embiid, as of today, he's definitely the MVP of the league. And um, a lot of people, especially you and the other, a couple other guys, have been talking about the different trades. Now, I think we could use an extra piece, right? Now, marketing fits the mold for me because I believe in having a bigger wing, I mean, excuse me, a bigger forward, right, that has the ability to stretch the floor, play defense, he's a catch-and-shoot kind of guy, and he can make his own baskets. He's really not really good off the dribble, but I think he compliments, he will compliment Joel Embiid. The he's, thing is, you will have to trade a whole lot of picks to get him. I agree, and he's, to me, the perfect fit next to Embiid. I don't think they would even give him up at this point. But if there was a possibility, I'm sorry, man. I'm clearing the house to get marketing. Because, yeah, you can trade for I him. Agree. You can re-sign him. And people are so fixated on this off-season plan. But you have one of the superstars of this era right now 
putting up one of the best seasons of all time, and I'm not ready to just go in there and concede in the playoffs and say, oh, well, we got close to the conference finals or we got almost there. Like, go out and do what it takes to finally get this dude the best options around him in the playoffs. And if it comes down to marketing, I agree. He does everything. I even think he can do a little bit off the dribble, and he just fits the mold perfectly. He rebounds well. He just does everything, man. Oh, you totally, you totally hit the nail on the head. He does everything well. He does everything we need him to do. On top of that, you already have Max. Max, he can, he can control the ball the way he needs to. And on top of that, by having marketing, you can't double Joel. Oh. He's a, he's gonna shoot. He shoots ridiculously high from the three-point range, mid-range, and free throws. But the thing is, the question is this: one. To trade for marketing, I don't think you need to trade Tobias Harris. Two, I don't think you should trade Tobias Harris because Tobias Harris' leadership skills and abilities for the team, if you take certain pieces away from a basketball team, right, especially in the middle of the year, someone like a leader like that, it messes up the cohesiveness of the team. Like, I played basketball, and I've been around basketball, damn there my whole life when you do that if you mess up the team chemistry it's, it's detrimental to the team later even if you got the best player on the team it messes up everything else so we have to make deductions without we have to make subtractions and and additions at the same time without taking away from the major core of the team it's fair i will agree that no team has really made a big move like that and then won the championship after and I can think back, but to get marketing, you're probably going to have to move Tobias. Just contract salary-wise. So? Yeah, salary-wise, it definitely would not work uh, bringing marketing. You got to realize, and another thing I was going to talk about here in a couple minutes is these owners want to duck the tax, man. Like, they don't want to be up into the first apron and then face all these penalties. That's just how the Sixers' ownership has been, and, you know, they're going to look to cut wherever they can. They're going to try to get the talent that they can, but I don't think – you know, they want to start facing these major penalties coming up for the next several years. So I, I just don't see any way that those two would fit together, marketing and Tobias. But that's just me. All right. My question would be is this. A lot of the players that we got on the bench, right, you have, you have people off of expiring contracts, but you also don't want to take away from your bench because if you play a team like Denver, or the Clippers in the in the finals, you gotta have a deeper bench. So when you look at Danny Ainge, right? Danny Ainge, he really covets one picks two younger players, and we already know that one of the players that he was interested in getting was the backup center for the Sixers. Now, right? He sent them an offer sheet at the beginning of the year. Sure. All right, now you add him, you add, we got like three, three first-round picks from the Clippers. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, we got three picks. You give them those three picks, you add, maybe you might add an extra first-round pick that we got in the pick swap. That's five picks for four. Then you give him the center. Then you give him Springer. He'd normally like younger players. You give him Springer, the center. And maybe somebody else to try to match up the salaries or two. 
players to match up the salaries, the contracts that he might he might keep them, they might dump them, and you might be able to get them for the minimum. He, I'm sure that Daryl Murray, if he really want to make the trade to foot marketing, he can do that without even giving up to Bias Harris. He just wanted to do the work. All right, man. I appreciate the take, and uh, mm-hmm. thank you for calling in. That was a good call. Uh, I appreciate the fact that, you know, he was in there and not, you know, he, he was not, like, just going at me or me going at him. Like, that's a great call right there, just in a sense of debating. But I do think he is incorrect when it comes to what it would take to get marketing. Uh, B-ball Paul, I don't even believe, can be traded due to that weird contract stipulation. And the the Utah Jazz are going to ask for a King's ransom. But I do think marketing would be a dream target. And Tobias would have to be in the deal. So... We'll see how it goes, man. But shout out to that caller and thank you for calling into the Discord and letting us try it. If you guys want to hop in the Discord and, and join in, let me know. Uh, you know, just hop in there, we'll get you on. But all right, man. I, I want to talk about Malcolm Brogdon real quick because this article, right, from Brett Siegel, he says that Malcolm Brogdon has been made available in trade talks by the Blazers. Like, there's no reason that the Blazers should at all keep Malcolm Brogdon. Like, they stink. They're in the cellar. They need to get rid of him. I thought they were going to do it before the season. Maybe they thought he'd have more value. But it says here, the Sixers, Magic, Knicks, and Lakers have talked with the Blazers regarding Brogdon. It continues to look unlikely that Portland will make Jeremy Grant available. A lot of people are back and forth on Jeremy Grant. I just don't know if I'm ready to take on that huge contract to bring in Grant. I really think, and again, from talking with you guys, that some of these pieces, role players, are much more important than another star. I don't think the Sixers want to go and add on another huge contract. Now, maybe they look at the situation like, all right, instead of going into June after this season and signing two big free agents, we just go trade for one now, and that'll kind of be our free agent signing heading into the future. Maybe that's their mindset. Really, what the mindset should be is let's win the championship. Let's do whatever it takes to win the chip. Daryl Morey is known to trade for big names. So there definitely will be some guys out there. Look at the Sixers contracts right now. This is what it looks like. Marcus Morris is the third highest payer. He's the third highest salary on this team right now. It's $17 million. You're not trading Batum. Robert Covington could certainly be in a deal. I don't know what it is about Nick Nurse and Rocco, but they just apparently do not mesh. Like Rocco, to me, was playing decent, and he had some of those uh, you know, efficient spot minutes. He had some really nice games. He was having three, four steals off the bench. And then he got hurt a little bit, and Nurse just kind of stopped going to Rocco. So I don't know how much the Sixers value him, and I could definitely see him being involved in a trade. Put together Marcus Morris and Rocco to a team maybe trying to get rid of this big salary or big-time player and bring on expiring deals and clear cap space, that is how you could do it right there. That's how you could do it. That's my opinion, though. And again, I'm not on here saying that I, you know, that I know what's going to happen, but I just am starting to feel that Daryl Morey is not going to trade Tobias Harris I think he's going to try to look for like a sixth or seventh man to come in off the bench. And another need for this Sixers team that I've been now saying for a month, 
month and a half is they need a lockdown defender. I know Robert Covington's hurt. I know DeAnthony Melton is hurt. But do we really trust these guys in a playoff series to stay on the floor? Something's going on with DeAnthony Melton. Like, he has been down bad now for a couple weeks. He's having some back issues. Whatever it is, they need to, to figure out what's going on with DeAnthony Melton. I still don't know if he can be that guy. I don't know if he could be that guy that you throw out there. I'd actually trust Covington more against the Jason Tatum than I would DeAnthony Melton. But, you know, Rocco's got to keep himself on the floor offensively. He's got to be able to shoot the ball well. That's where I feel that the Sixers need to upgrade. I think they need a pure lockdown that can shoot 100%. Burkon is making $5.3 million this year. Tyrese is only at four point three, which is crazy. But then you have Dan House. You have Jaden Springer that could be involved in a deal. Mo Baba, Kenyon Martin is apparently getting some interest for some, from some teams for second-round picks. Um, all these guys could be expendable. And the other thing I wanted to talk about that the last caller kind of sort of brought up is where the Sixers are at. So currently they are above the luxury tax line. And we know in prior years, like I said, the Sixers have tried to cut guys, cut salaries to get under that luxury tax because they don't want to pay it. Right? Josh Harris and David Blitzer, they like their money. They value it. They want to win, but they also don't want to pay penalties on luxury tax. So Right now, the Sixers are $4.2 million over the luxury tax. For example, if they traded Furkan Korkmaz, who's making $5 million, $5.3, they'd be under that tax line. That's what they did last year when they traded away Thibel to get under that tax line. They acquired McDaniels, and they went out and used their buyout slot on Dwayne Dedman. The Sixers cannot, they cannot act like they did last year at this trade deadline. They can't go out there and just scrap away some salary and act like this team is ready to go into the playoffs. Because let me tell you, man, this team can compete. They have the chemistry factor. They now have the coach that's going to put them in the best situations possible. They can go out there and make a series with anybody. And again, with the way Joel Embiid is playing, you have to hope and pray he stays healthy. But the with the way Joel is performing, with what we've seen in terms of a leap from Tyrese Maxey, in terms of what we've seen with Batum and Ubre, this team fits well. They need to go out there and make the best move possible to succeed now. They cannot think about six months from now. They can't think about next year. They need to go out there and make a move. That's my take. See if we have anybody else on the phones. Once again, join in on the Discord. Shout out to my, my guy, Rich, for, uh, for joining in there. We'll go to the phones and we'll get some more people on the line. All right, let's go to the phones, man. Uh, 610. 610, what's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, to see if this is going to trade any players. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Yo. Um, uh, from Philadelphia. All right. Give me your thoughts, man. All right, playing around, bro. Playing around. Sorry, man. You got to be ready to go. 
calling on you. You got to be ready to rock, man. Be ready to rock. It's all good, man. We're all welcoming here. We're all cool. Let's see. Merksy says Ferk has negative trade value. He was out there last night trying to get some shots. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Go back to the phones, man. Go to I-16. Yo, what's good? What up, RD? What's up, man? What's your name? Where are you calling in from? What up, what up, man? It's T Miles, man. I'm calling from New Orleans. I talked I spoke to you a little while ago last time gotcha. we called, man. I was the one that was cooking. I was like the last caller. Gotcha, man. I can hear you loud and clear. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm good, man. Um basically a little while ago we spoke about, you know, a few teams. But to start off with Laura Martin, I don't think the Jazz gonna let him go. But if so, honestly, I think we should just take a swing at it. I really do. Because we're gonna need size to go with um Milwaukee and Boston. We need size, bro. And rebounding. I agree. I agree. If you could get that prime rebounder next to Joel Embiid, because let's be honest, even with his size, he's not really an efficient rebounder. If you could get the guy to play that role, like Alari Markinen, who I'm not saying that that's his specialty, but he rebounds very well, it would just make way too much sense. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to use them picks. I mean, who who knows? Most of them guys probably won't even be that good. Just get rid of them. But they are more, he's one of them older guys, kind of like Doc Rivers. He's stuck in his ways, and he don't want to really do nothing unless it makes him feel good about it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't want to make no moves unless he likes the player that he sees. It's not about what you like. It's about what fits the team. Kind of like with the James Harden situation. He went out and got James. He went from asking for, what, three or four picks and three or four players, but he ended up giving up three or four picks and three or four players to go get James Harden just because he likes him. You know, you're not supposed to go get nobody just because you like him. I understand the frustration with that, but at the same time, I mean, they did get off the Ben contract. Yeah, they had to give up a little more than they expected, especially at the last moment, but you got off maybe the worst contract in NBA history. So, personally, I still cannot be mad at that. No, I mean, that's, it, it's cool, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I was living in, you know, I was in sex for a long time, man. And, you know, looking up them two cats that they, you know, could have had, I'm like, that's what it could have been, but it's like, damn, that's what we got, man. Like, we could have went a whole lot farther right here. But, you know, we're not really in the offices. We don't really know what went down. Right. But at the same time, it's like, damn, man, like, we, we could have had this. So if you don't think the Sixers are going to get marketing or, you know, let's say he's a dream target, then what do you think they're actually going to do? Honestly, it's, it's only two teams I can think of. Portland Trailblazers and Detroit Pistons. If you can't get Bogdanovich, Alex Burke, or somebody like that for Tobias, then go get, um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and um, what's my man named? Jeremy Grant. Because Jeremy Grant is exactly what Tobias is supposed to be. Athletic, fast, on his feet, don't need the ball and get better at shooting every year. And he's not afraid to shoot the ball. He can rebound, and he's going to block that shot. You take, some, you, take, you take some weak stuff up to the basket, he's going to swat it right back to you and look at you like what? I like the, the player that Jeremy's become, but do you think you're willing to take on that contract for what it might be in the next, say, three years? You know, like, is that worth it now? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I'm not really sure exactly what, you know, Portland would do if they was to take on it. Even um, even Detroit, I'm not really sure, but they really don't. 
I don't really see the tours because they're not winning many games. No, and they probably won't win no time soon. They probably gonna win a few, few more or something like that. But like, what other choice do they have? I mean, no, that, that makes sense. It time, makes sense. It's, even if they was to say yes, that's that doesn't mean Maury is gonna say yes. He not. This yeah. this this man is like a second kid to Maury. So Maury not gonna move. I'm telling you, he's not gonna move to buy it. Yeah. He already made that clear. He was banking on what. Like y'all said, the off season. But I'm like, what are you exactly are you looking in the off season? Because I don't really see no no good player that can you know we can use in the off season. Oh, I yeah. don't really see nobody. I agree 100 percent there because I think you have to be in win now mode. You have to be in let's go attack. And you know some of the guys that have already resigned or been traded, they'll probably resign with their teams. There's no reason to wait. All this team has done is wait and wait. But the opportunity has presented itself. I mean, you're right there. You look at Boston, who's going to be a tank, but Milwaukee's going through a coaching change. That almost takes them out of the equation, to be honest, especially if they go do ahead, uh, go ahead and, and hire Doc Rivers. They're just not really going to do anything, in my opinion. And I don't see any other juggernauts. So I think there's an opportunity. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, every team around has made a move already, or a couple of moves. Boston, Milwaukee, um, Miami. Who just got Terry Rozier? I mean, damn, we could have did better than that, man. We could have gave them a piece of, you know, the year. I mean, I'm not saying we need Terry Rozier, but I'm just saying if we was to like, okay, this is a deal, we could have did better than that. I mean, Kyle, seriously, in a pick, that's it. Yeah. But when you look around and you like, everybody has made a move except for us. Dale Moore will wait until the day before the trade deadline. Everybody's asleep. He'll make a move. We wake up, and it's a random move like a Dwayne Detman or something. <laughs> and he'll sell it to us like, that's what we needed. Like, no, bro. What are you doing? I'll tell you what, man. I am this a little makes- worried that the Sixers are not going to do anything because, you know, we're getting to the point where I just don't see anybody that really makes sense in terms of, like, a, a two-sided trade. Like, all right, if the Chicago Bulls trade – Alex Caruso, yeah, the Sixers can give up right. a pick, but like I feel like there will be more teams that are willing to offer more. And they have young talent. That's the problem with the Sixers. Usually, you know, these teams want to get back a nice, solid young player. Really, the only player I guess the Sixers could work with is Jaden Springer, and he still has not developed to the point that really anybody has thought he would. So I feel like there's a bit I of agree. a deficiency. He, 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 some work. He, he does need yeah, some work, but as far as Alex Caruso, I say – if it, if I'm more, go ahead and give up two or three picks. If you if you can get them, just go ahead and uh, you know go get them because we we need a little bit more defense and especially we need more rebounding. I mean, on some nights we watch these games, man. Some of these cats just standing around the basket, looking at the ball come off the rim like it's like it's like it's like a, a, a ice cream man on the ice cream truck giving out you know popsicles. What y'all looking at? Get the ball. Yeah, uh, that's gonna come in in uh in handy in the playoffs man i mean you cannot get out rebound you can't get horse in the playoffs and you got to make your shots and i just hope that this sixers team has enough especially in the sixth man role the seventh man role to be able to produce like pat bev and marcus morris have been productive now but when things tighten up can they continue to do that i think it's a big question and people really aren't paying attention to it yeah, it's like it's like everybody mad at Embiid because you know we can't get past the second round for one. He's not the general manager, and two, his guys got to step up around him. We yeah. all know if we play Milwaukee or Boston, they gonna do this. Yeah, either they gonna triple or double team. Absolutely, they gonna blitz them. 
they everybody is seeing what's going on with Tyrese Maxey. Kind of small. He really can't finish over taller players, and they're going to blitz him. So he's going to pass the ball. Now, where is your third star? I don't think Tobias can do it. So when you really look at it, it's like they're going to triple the double team both of our guys because they, they probably the best duo in the league. They know this, and they're going to blitz them. We need more size, and we need that third guy that's going to say, okay, if you blitz now, we're going to be open to shoot because De'Anthony Milton, he's going to miss some of those shots, man. Like, he's hot and cold, but we saw just last year. But he shot like two air balls. Yep. Then he missed a, Then he missed another three that would have put us up, what, nine. Then we had P.J. Tucker in the corner. He missed, He shot with like two air balls, too. I'm like, what is these guys is like not making shots. But then everybody mad at Embiid, like, you know, he can't get it done. But he need a team to actually get it done. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. What Joel Embiid has had to deal with with this organization over the last 10 years, like, you know, obviously all the greats get criticized till they win. But Joel has really been yeah. through the ringer, man. Like the things he has had to deal with. And that's why even nights like last night were just so special because seeing where he's been able to come, even with all this drama up his sleeve, it, it's crazy. So, yeah, man, they need to put the right pieces around him and let him compete. And B be out there busting his ass, man. Everybody, people don't understand that never played back. You played basketball, RB, you know. I played basketball too, bro, especially, you know, with my mom in Mississippi, bro. With Jack in Jackson, Mississippi, we had to play Lanier. I looked Monty Ellis in his face. He bust our ass for 65. Mm-hmm. Playing a little bit of D1 basketball before I joined the military, bro, it's hard as fuck. Yep. And our best player, every time your best player busts his ass and play hard for so long, he end up getting hurt. Then he try to play through injuries. People don't understand how hard that is, like, to play with damn near one leg because your knee is going out or your back messed up. Some people call out of work because they got a sore throat, but he's mad at Embiid because he try, he's trying to do it, but he can't really get it done, especially playing on his own. He's going to need an entire team. They got to make them shots when they get double and triple team. They got to make them shots. Yeah. It's not, Embiid can't make them all. Yeah. And I know Max, he's going to get blitzed, and he can't do it all either. So that's where, that's where that question mark come in at with um, you know, Tobias Harris. We don't know which one we're going to see, but it's been five years. I don't know. In year six, I don't know what's going to change. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you, and I, I think I'm doing my best to not get fooled at this point, you know, to kind of buy in and say, oh, well, you know, he's going to keep it up. Things are going to be fine come playoff time. I don't know. I, I'm just going in skeptical, and, yeah, I hope they make a move, man. They need to get at least one or two more pieces. I think if they stay put at the deadline, they're not really serious about contending. I think more is going to stay put, man. He's he just one of them stubborn old you know, he he does everything like you're supposed to be the eighties or the nineties. He's not like Danny Ainge and just, you know, fire shots. Or, you know, some of these other general managers who quickly fire shots, like, no, nah, we're not gonna let the uh the Knicks, you know, get this player and this player. Oh, they got OG, okay. Look at uh Miami, they was like, Okay, you got OG, watch me go get Terry Rozier. Cause Terry Rozier gets twenty plus a game yeah. every single game. Yeah, nah, So they move. they added exactly what they were supposed to add. Another yeah. guy with the score. Milwaukee needs a closer. You went and got the best damn closer in the game, and you know, Dame Dollar. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Uh, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I agree, man, and I appreciate the call. Shout out to you. Um, great call right there. Rate that call in the chat. That might be the top call we've gotten so far. He knew exactly what he was talking about, and he came right with the points, man. Shout out to him. Good to get some of these callers back on the line, man. It's nice hearing from Sixer Nation. I feel like uh, people out there, you know, they're, they're trying not to buy back in 
to, all right, this team is different. This team's a little bit better. Like, they can get it done. But, man, it's like, have an opportunity. You have an opportunity right there in front of you. They they need to get something done. Um, I don't think they're going to get another star. I think they're going to try to get a role player. And I'm just, like, looking through trade intel. But, you know, people are talking about Tyus Jones and guys like that. I know DeJounte Murray was a big talking point for the last couple of weeks, but it doesn't seem like the Sixers have real interest in DeJounte. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. He has a, you know, optimal contract for the next four years, but the Lakers could probably offer more. Right? Teams like that, even the Spurs, if they wanted, or anybody else could probably offer more than the Sixers can. And I agree with the last caller. Like, I don't know if Daryl's ready to pull that trigger the way he is, right? Like, I don't know if he's ready to do that for a DeJounte Murray or an Alex Caruso. Maybe for a big name, maybe for Zach Levine, he'd say, okay, let me go shell out these assets and go bring this guy in. I just don't know. It's hard to get a sense of the pulse, but I think the Hawks could potentially be a team to do some business with, right? Other than DeJounte Murray, Sadiq Bey, I think, is an awkward fit. I think DeAndre Hunter's an awkward fit. And they could be looking to move him because he really hasn't developed into the guy that they thought he would be. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, would be, in my opinion, a great piece off the bench. A guy that could create a shot a little bit, knock down some shots. We remember what he did to the Sixers in that second-round series. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich could be a guy for sure. They need those types of players. Um, they're going to need another guy off the bench. I just don't know if you're comfortable going into the playoffs with, say, the Anthony Melton, Pat Bev, and Marcus Morris is your bench. I don't know if that's enough. Because you know what's going to happen with Boston? When Tatum has an off night or Jalen Brown has an off night, they're going to bring Derek White in. And Derek White's already going to put up 25. And, and if they need him to, we'll go for 35. Like, they have guys that are ready to shoot. They have guys that are ready to go get a bucket at any point you need them to. These guys, they bring in off the bench, whether it's Pritchard or Hauser, it doesn't matter. They get you a bucket. That's what I think the Sixers need to look into. They need to be ready to go, uh, you know, for some of these pieces that just make your depth a lot better. I know people are talking about Kyle Lowry. We kind of talked about that earlier. Unfortunately, I, th I see Lowry as potentially ending up in Philly. I just feel for some reason the Sixers are going to get Kyle Lowry. J.A. says, Bucks are falling apart before our eyes. Yeah, they are. They really are, man. I don't understand what the Bucks are doing or why they're doing it. But I don't think that you can be successful, you know, hopping in midseason with a new coach and, and kind of going that route. So, let's see. Um, Flexes, don't forget, Tingus Pingus is playing his brains out. Yeah, you got. Chris Stapps, Derek White, who people are calling an all-star at this point, Tatum and Brown. And it's just frustrating because Joel's having such a magnificent season. You don't want to waste it. You don't want to waste it, man. But we'll see if we have any other callers, man. We'll go to a couple more and we'll just take a look. But I'm interested to see, what do we have, seven, eight, about 16 days till the trade deadline. 
I'm not going to look forward to it if the Sixers just kind of sit there and make one little move on the deadline day like they did last year. Money says we can't even compete with Boston, Milwaukee, or Miami's bench. We still need more depth. I agree. I agree, man. I agree. I think there's an opportunity. Again, Boston sitting at 34-10. and 10. Milwaukee, Sixers. Cavs, I don't really trust them in the playoffs. Knicks. Knicks could be a little dangerous, but not really too worried about them. Gracie says, get Kyle Lowry on a buyout. I mean, it, it, you know, I feel like it's going to happen. I do feel like it's going to happen, to be quite honest with you. I feel like it's going to happen, so. Let's see. Um, Roddy says, give me Gordon Hayward on a buyout. Lex says, what, what about Keldon Johnson? That's funny. I was talking about Keldon Johnson last night with uh, Sean. We were talking about some of the Spurs players, actually, like Doug McDermott, I think, would be nice off the Sixers bench. I think Keldon Johnson would be a nice piece. We were even talking about Chetty Osman, Devin Vassell, some of these guys that could uh, get moved for the Spurs. So, yeah, man, it, it'll be interesting to see how these, how some of these players work out at the deadline. Go to a couple more calls, and then we'll get off here. But once again, I want to remind everybody to uh, hit the like button. Helps out the show tremendously. We've been on here. I know we're trying to get some of the wrinkles out, but it's nice just talking about what we predict over the next couple of weeks. Sometimes I feel like I'm saying the same things, but we just don't have a lot of substance when it comes to the Sixers. I'm waiting for that first report to come out where it's like, all right, they are interested in X player, and they're in the running. They're one of the finalists for this player, but I think in about a week we'll start to get some of those reports. B. Demas says, Katie might ask out again. Kyle Lowry is always hurt. Don't need him in Philly. Crazy, like, Lowry kind of got played out of his role last year. But then they had him back in, and, you know, it feels like he's just been filling a, a gap. They don't really want him there. Now he's going to be a free agent, and Sixer could be in prime position to sign him. He's just very old. I don't know how old he is. I'm going to look it up. But while I do that, we will go to, uh, let's see, caller left. All right. So we'll go to, yeah, we don't, the caller hopped off the line. But let's see, uh, Kyle Lowry is, where is it? Kyle Lowry is a dog, but he's a wash dog. Let's see how old he is. Let's see how old Kyle Lowry is. 37. 37 years old. He averaging this season. Averaging eight points per game, 3.5 rebounds, and four assists. Played 37 games, averaging 28 minutes. I mean, yeah, he's not setting the world on fire. Shooting 38.5% from three. Not bad. He's very old, though. I mean, two years ago, I would have taken Kyle Lowry for sure. Now, I don't know. I can't believe that Doc Rivers is really going to sign with the Bucks. Life is crazy. Life is crazy, man. 
you guys imagine a second round series with the Sixers and the Bucks, Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse going at it? Man, that'd be crazy. That would be nuts. Benjamin says Nurse will play our players unlike Doc did. I think so. Speed Demon says, I definitely do not want Kyle Lowry. I just think the connection with Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, and Kyle Lowry will be there. And I think Nurse is going to try to somehow pull him into Philly. I just have a feeling. Let me ask the chat this before we get out of here. Who is your top trade target? Like, after everything we've talked about today, and again, we'll be chatting at least a couple more times before the deadline. Who is your number one trade target? Realistic trade target, I will add. Realistic trade target. Give me your thoughts in the chat. Go to one more caller and see what we got going here, but uh, give me your thoughts in the chat. Go to 609. 609, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, um, RB? What's your name, man? Where are you um, calling so in from? I'm like, so I'm like... I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think the Sixers are about one piece away. But I think something no one's bringing up right now is what about a backup center, getting a good, competent backup center? Who do you think's out there? I, I haven't heard anything about um, Andre center. Drummond. Andre Drummond. I would, I would entertain Drummond for sure. I love Drummond during his time here. So what would you think about, like, say, Andre Drummond and Caruso for – maybe a couple seconds of first, and you throw in maybe Markeith Morris and Robert Covington to make yeah. salaries match. Yeah, I think that's a good package. I do. And, and you know, the funniest thing about this whole thing is you'll get the people out there that go, oh, well, that's too much for Alex Caruso. If I remember correctly, last year as we were live streaming the deadline, there were, set, there were guys getting traded for five second-round picks. Like, it is not going to be cheap. You have to give something I mean, something look at OG. Up. I mean, OG went for, like, I think a ridiculous price. Um, I wouldn't have given up that much if I were the Sixers, so I understand he was my number one target. But, I mean, you can't give up. Like, we can't offer R.J. Barrett, and we can't offer Emmanuel quickly. Like, if that's the asking price, right. like, I would be out on that. And, you know, to that point, you're going to have to give up some type of young piece in that deal. Like, sure, Chicago may be getting ready to blow it up, and they're going to take the draft compensation, but... I'm sure they would want a guy like Jaden Springer, for sure. They're not just going to take second-round picks. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I actually think that's a good package, Or to be even like Bogdan the Bogdanoviches, either one of them, I think would help us tremendously. We just need one more, one more piece or maybe even two more smaller pieces, and I think we're able to contend with the Celtics. I think we're already at the Bucks level or better, but the Celtics are the team that is on my radar. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve to be at the at front and center. But when it comes to the Sixers, I agree. Like one of the Bogdanovich is just a, a tertiary ball handler that can get his own shot a little bit, knock down some threes, just kind of get the flow going, especially if like Embiid's out or if you want to stagger them guys into the lineup. I think, honestly, Bogdanovich would be a great fit on this team. And I, and it, I, we need we really need to get it done this year because who knows how much longer Joel Embiid has left in his prime and I hate saying this because I'm a Sixers fan but who knows how much longer he's willing to put up before he asks out um, 
like, and I wouldn't blame him. If he asked out after, like, for instance, if it's another second-round exit this year and we don't get anybody this offseason, I would not blame him at all if he asked out. So I think we need to – all of our trading chips right now, we need to put everything on the table. And, if like, my favorite is your favorite would be Laurie Markkinen. I think he would be – I think he would, like, just transform the team. You could play like Boston does, like, with the two big lineups. And you'd be able to compete against Boston, I think. So I, I would go all out, but I don't know what what is on the table because the Jazz might not be willing to part with him. Yeah, I don't think they will. Do you think the Sixers are going to make a move at the deadline, like an actual big move, or what's your thoughts on that? I don't think. I think it's going to be smaller. Like that's what my gut feeling tells me. But it's Daryl Morey, so you never know. But I'm hoping they do because they need. I don't want another like superstar like I don't want Donovan Mitchell I feel like he hurts our defense but I mark it into me is the only star out there right now that I want if we can't get him then I would get a bunch like you were saying tertiary ball handlers I would get maybe a good perimeter defender and roll with that yeah I'm right there with you man I'm in agreement but great call man appreciate you tapping in with us that's a great way to end the phone lines man calls have been great tonight to be honest usually we get a you know handful of people call in they're like waiting for me to ask them a question like people have been great tonight i'm enjoying this call and show and definitely going to do more going forward um once again guys join the discord be sure to hop in there we have a pretty much a, a mega group chat and we also have a chance where you can call in and, and the calls are really crisp and all that but yeah man i think obviously we'll check back in in like a week i hope we get some actual news but Right now, there's a couple guys that make a lot of sense. There's maybe one or two pieces that are dream scenarios that I don't think are realistic when it comes to making a deal, but you never know. Even on the day of the deadline, you could get a GM that 100% says, we're locked in, we're not doing anything. They'll tell players to their face, not trading you. And they end up making the move, man. They end up pulling the trigger. So you never know. And Roddy says Reed is a better defender, and he's getting paid to be the backup. I don't really have a problem with B-Ball Paul so far. I think people look at his size, his lack of size, and they get frustrated at some points. But I think he's capable of being the backup five. But when it comes down to it, you know, if the Sixers are getting out-rebounded like they have been off the bench, you need some size in there to be able to, you know, withhold, say, a, a huge playoff run. Because we saw back in the days of, like, Greg Monroe and, and Boban, you let a team go in and they go up 11-0 in, like, one minute when Joel Embiid comes off the floor. That just cannot happen. So you have to be as comfortable as possible with your bench unit. And, again, this is why I'm stressing the bench. If the Sixers could, for example, in a dream scenario, get Jordan Clarkson to come in off the bench, I have all confidence in him putting up 10 points in a playoff game am i confident in marcus morris doing that right now not entirely so i think the sixers need to really think about this strategically i think they need to get guys that can come in and just bear some of that load for six minutes in a playoff game because you don't want to go silent you do that you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position come playoff time they need to be confident that's why i got like malcolm brogdon I would be so confident in him coming in and handling the offense, running that second unit. People are saying, oh, he would start. Okay, fine. Put him in the starting lineup. Bring Kelly Oubre off the bench. 
The reason I keep saying Brogdon off the bench is because I think the Sixers starting lineup, how it is now, is the perfect rendition of it. I like Oubre and Batum in the starting five. I've said that since the first time we saw it a couple months ago. I think it makes total sense, and I like it. But you need guys that are ready to step up to the moment. You need guys who are ready to come in immediately and make an impact. And I, I agree with most of the callers that, you know, separating Embiid, Maxi from guys like Tobias right now, maybe the Sixers look at that, and it's just not smart from a chemistry standpoint. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do, man. I'm really interested to see how they approach this, and I'm sure we will get more insight as we go on. But shout out to everybody who came through, called in, et cetera. Shout out to all of the members. Guys, we got a giveaway going on in four days. Be doing it during our live stream on Saturday at halftime. We've been doing a giveaway all month. We're going to do giveaways going forward every single month. Can't wait to give away this AI jersey to a diehard Sixers fan. That being said, man, we'll see how it plays out. I know we kind of just scratched the surface today, but we're going to do these uh, shows going forward. Do a couple more before the trade deadline. Hopefully, we'll get some answers, man. Hopefully, we will get some answers. But whatever happens, time to go all in. Time to win. Time to win. No waiting. No waiting. It's time to go get it done now. See if they can do it, man. Appreciate everybody tapping in. Guys, have a great rest of your night. We'll be back with a video tomorrow. And we'll be back on a live stream during the game on Thursday. Joel B put up 70. I still can't believe it. This team's rocking and rolling, but they got to get better, man. See what they decide to do. Guys, have a great rest of your night. Catch you on the next one. Peace.